You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Billboard editor, Digital Mobile, Anthony Bruno goes on the record online. The job of trying to make a pitch out of something that's not news and not interesting is a difficult job. And I don't know how you do that, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I care more about whether this is something that is interesting and, and is of news. And, and once that happens, I think it's, uh, it sells itself. Um, there are certain times where maybe there's a little bit of an esoteric angle that maybe other people haven't considered. And being able to properly suss that out and, and, and communicate that, whether it's via phone or via email, I think is, is, uh, is very, very uh, difficult to do. And, and when done right, can be very valuable. And thanks for downloading another episode of On the Record Online. This is the podcast that brings you the story behind the story. If this is your first time listening, uh, what I do on this show pretty much every time is I talk to either a journalist from the mainstream media or I talk to an influential blogger or podcaster or sometimes just a newsmaker about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt their business. And um, usually we talk we, it's pretty interesting stuff. We're not just going to scratch the surface. We're going to try to go pretty deep here. Uh, and if you're a PR person, you're going to like this episode a lot because uh, I, most of the interview is about uh, how to pitch this guy if you want them to write about them in, in Billboard magazine. Uh, Anthony talks about how he likes to be pitched, uh, do's and don'ts, the best way to get his attention, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, my name is Eric Schwartzman. Uh, I host the show, uh, but I'm also the founder and chairman of a company called iPressroom. We actually do this podcast to promote iPressroom, and iPressroom is a web-based content management system. Uh, so you subscribe and you get seats on the platform. You log in over the internet, and you can essentially conduct any type of online marketing campaign you could dream up um, without having to write a single line of code. It's a point-and-click interface. Uh, there's a dashboard. Uh, which allows you to do everything from search engine optimize a podcast to email market and measure the results. Uh, so if you're feeling like uh, you know you're intermediated from actually conducting online marketing and PR because you need a tech person to do it, here's a solution for that without having to be a programmer to pull it off. Um, and you can find us at, well, I'll let the ad tell us where you can find us. Um, the other thing I'd like to plug is I, I've been asked actually by UCLA Extension. They called me up and they said, um, we need to do a class on new media here uh, in the Department of Journalism, Public Relations, and Fundraising. Uh, we realize it's headed in that direction with blogs and podcasts and, and RSS and social media, and we don't have a class like that. So, you know, we know that you do a fair amount of, of, of speaking and this type of thing. Would you be willing to do a class for, that, for us? And I said, yeah, I'd be thrilled. Um, what a wonderful opportunity and what a wonderful uh, breath of fresh air to walk onto a college campus from the professional world. You know, there's a feeling of optimism and uh, it's just wonderful being there. So I, I'm going to start this class called An Introduction to New Media PR. Uh, it's going to be Wednesday nights. It starts January 24th and we're going to run for five consecutive nights. You can take it for credit or you can just take it for it with for no grade. Uh, but if you're looking to get your arms around how to use blogging and podcasting and 
video on demand and audio on demand and all these new tools as part of a comprehensive marketing campaign or public relations campaign or corporate communications campaign. This could be a good opportunity to do that locally without having to travel if, of course, you are local in L.A. Um, You can get more information about enrolling on my website at www.schwartzmanpr.com. And now... Uh, without further ado, I am going to play for you the interview with Anthony Bruno. Uh, as I said, he is the editor of Digital Slash Mobile for Billboard, a very well-known, influential publication. And it comes to you entirely unedited after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. So... Tell us about what you do on a day-to-day basis as the editor of Digital Mobile at Billboard. Uh, I do as little as possible, actually. No, I'm kidding. Uh, What I basically do is I try to identify um, certain trends and um, new directions that I see taking place within the digital entertainment field. And that that can take the form of mobile content, online internet content, internet distribution of content, you know, convergence with video game platforms podcasting, um, any, any kind of new media-related uh, trend development are the things that I cover uh, for Billboard magazine. So, Now, are you the only one on staff no. with that beat? Well, with that beat, officially, yes. Yeah, so I go a little deeper, but clearly digital is such a pervasive thing across the entire music industry that everybody covers it in one sense or another as it reflects their own uh, specific beats. But my job is just to be a, 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 little, a little layer deeper than, than that and kind of get the next trend before it's as widespread, perhaps. And how have uh, the demands on your time changed uh, over the course of time you've been working at Billboard? <laughs> well, that's a good question, actually. There was, there was quite a bit of a... Uh, there, was, there, was a there was a point where I basically couldn't really even think. There was so much news happening that anything that had a digital tag on it would suddenly come my way. And that's changed a little bit where everyone else now at the, at the publication is also... Um, much more up to speed on what's happening within both the digital and the mobile space. Uh, they can cover it very, very well. I have a partner in crime I call in, uh, in the New York Bureau, Brian Garrity, who covers business. And obviously one of the biggest business issues facing the music industry is digital. I, I would say he is just as up to speed, if not more, in certain areas than I am in, in a lot of this stuff. So what is your capacity for news coverage in any given week? I'm not sure what you mean. How many stories can you file? Oh, uh, I basically, as of now, I've moved, so I work out of a, a Denver office, home office now. So my coverage uh, capacity has gone down in terms of being more of a part-time employee. So I basically write a month, a weekly column, uh, and post as needed online. And occasionally, we'll write some some what we call upfront stories or news stories in, in the magazine. So generally, uh, on an average week, at least at least one large story up to th- three to five online stories, and potentially one smaller story for the for the magazine. And Obviously, there's a lot of people at Billboard that have been there a long time who have been covering the business of music since before the internet. Mm -hmm. How do they regard you? Are you like the resident geek? Do they see you as someone who is 
on to the next big thing? Uh, are they threatened? Are no. they? Is there? No, they're, sense? they're all very, very, very supportive. Very, they're all very interested in this area, and I think that um, you know, I, I am definitely viewed as the geek without a doubt. Uh, that's that's uh, that's been a word that's been thrown about quite quite uh, quite uh, a lot actually. But it, it, what what it is is that everyone's interested in it as well. I mean, it, it's come from something that was just uh, maybe a. Uh, I don't want to say niche, but just something that was sort of on the horizon. There's something that's very much more of mainstream subject matter now. So um, I, I think I would like to think that they, you know, uh, are happy to have someone who was willing to take on the geekier and the more techie kind of kind of things that are a little bit take a little more time to understand and, and, and get into and whatnot. Um, but yeah, what's interesting is that I came from to Billboard not from the music industry. I came from the wireless industry. I, I, I didn't know anything about the music industry when I got the Billboard magazine. So I speak a different language uh, than they do. I speak this language of the wireless industry and, and, and to a certain extent, the, the, the broader digital industry. So that's been an interesting experience in, in, in trying to translate those those two languages to a, to a readership that basically needs to know both, not only... Uh, translating the digital language to the music world, but also learn more about the, the uh, aspects and the realities of the music industry, which is also now being read in Billboard magazine by the technology industry, who's picking up Billboard for the same for the same reason. So it's uh, it's been an interesting place to be. So a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are PR people mm-hmm. and marketing people. Okay. How many pitches would you say you receive on a daily basis? <laughs> Far too many. Um, I, I, if, if you want to include email and, and phone pitches? Everything. Okay. Jeez. I, I probably get upwards of 50, uh, I guess on an average day, if you want to include the email stuff. A lot of it is completely off base in terms of things I don't even cover. I don't know. I got on a list somehow and I get stuff about LCD screens. You know what I mean? Like I'm never going to cover that. So, you know, in terms of, so 50 would be the, 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 the broad answer. The number of pitches that actually fall into what I would, into my appropriate area of coverage would probably be in the, the 20, 20 range. I, w- I would guess again, primarily via email, uh, phone pitches anywhere between five to 10, depending on, on the day and the news and the week. And what makes a great pitch? Relevance, um, news. Uh, you know, the, the the job of trying to make a pitch out of something that's not news and not interesting is a difficult job. And I don't know how you do that, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I care more about whether this is something that is interesting and, and is of news. And, and once that happens, I think it's, uh, it sells itself. Um, there are certain times where maybe there's a little bit of an esoteric angle that maybe other people haven't considered. And being able to properly suss that out and, and, and communicate that, whether it's via phone or via email, I think is, is, uh, is very, very uh, difficult to do. And, and when done right, can be very valuable. So now of these email pitches that you're getting, these 20-some-odd email pitches mm-hmm. that are in the zone, mm-hmm. uh, are you able to read them all? I rarely open them. Uh, usually it's the... It's the um, uh, subject line right away. I know if it's something that I that I want to want to do. You know, one thing when I do open them, uh, I, I I read through, and a lot of times you get like about a paragraph or two of just setting the stage in the pitch. Uh, you know, the digital industry is exploding at a dramatic rate. So and so research group says forty percent of this or that and the other thing, and then all this kind of stuff. I don't need to read that. I know that. Right? I mean, not to be arrogant, but I mean, I already know what the what the stage is like. Get to the point. You know, and, and that's what I want to hear about. So and so's got a new. You know technology device whatever that does exactly this this is important because this and then and then that that's a pitch you know make it short make it make it to the point you know don't don't tell me a story i don't i don't need i don't need the story give give me give us like a sense of a good length i mean you should be able to pitch any story in in how many words oh um 
I'll, I'll put it in the more in the paragraphs. I mean, I think two paragraphs would be plenty. Um, and I would strongly recommend the use of bullet points. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of pitches, and, and I'm talking in general about reporters now, and we're all usually very, very busy with, with a lot of stuff coming in and, and demands at all sides. I, I don't have time to read an essay. So, you know, a quick two paragraphs, if, you, if it, it should take you less than, I'm going to guess, 250 words, let's say. And I, and I think that would even push in it. There's a pervasive feeling amongst a lot of people in PR that you shouldn't have more than one link in a pitch to an editor because it may be perceived as spam mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of links in there. Yeah, What's your feeling on that? That's a really good question. I actually uh, do that from the opposite side. Sometimes I need to reach out to somebody within an organization that I don't want to get a hold of someone there who I don't know. Uh, I will often copy every single person who I know, every single PR outside, inside, whoever, that may uh, be on this. Now, the, the, the danger of that is that everyone thinks the other person is taking care of it, um, and then it gets lost. Uh, I don't know how much of a, of a spam thing necessarily goes in there, but... <clears throat> Uh, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to copy more than one uh, person in an organization, particularly when it's uh, it might be a story that you're not really sure who covers. For instance, if you're pitching something in the Billboard magazine, um, it wouldn't be inappropriate whatsoever to, to have both myself and Brian Garrity uh, on, in the in the, um, in the send two columns because we, we, we either one of us might be covering the story. We're not we don't know. Brian and I will work that out. You know, sometimes he send it to me. I'll just forward it to him. Or, or whoever the right, or the right person might be. So, well, absolutely, it's generally really great to uh, do your research, understand what the person covers and what the person's interested in, and then direct uh, appropriate pitches to an individual person. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to, to uh, include others. Let's say that that two-paragraph pitch is on target, it's concise, it's succinct, it's got good news for you, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a pitch related to a piece of news. Maybe there's a press release as well. Mm-hmm. Would you attach that press release? As an, and I'll give you three choices. Which one's the best? Choice A, attach the press release as an attachment to the email. Mm -hmm. Two, put the press release below your signature in the body of the email. Mm -hmm. Or three, have a a link that you can click that would take you to the press release online. I would say either of the first two. Uh, It certainly couldn't hurt to also have the third. Um, The the last one would be, if you did that by itself, a pitch and then a link to the press release, but no actual attachment or in the body text, that's probably the one I would say not to do. Um, That requires me to take action and we are again not only are we very busy people but many of us are also inherently lazy and so we don't necessarily want to have to go find for it the link may not work you got different operating system platforms you may have to cut and paste the link but you know these these are all things that can happen um attaching it's always helpful you know the only issues there if, if you ever have any kind of form anything that's actually more uh, applicable really to paste pasting into the email different email systems have different things quotes turn into percentage signs whatever so you know having the original file in a pdf form or, or a word doc or whatever it might be is always helpful too it's, frankly, it's not something I think about too much, as long as it's there, right, with the uh, with the email, and I'm happy. So now, as someone covering digital mobile for Billboard, mm-hmm. and knowing that you guys obviously are getting more aggressive online with your website, mm-hmm. what role do electronic assets play in your decision of whether or not to cover a story? Example. Uh, if it's a good story about ringtones that also gives you the right to upload some of the ringtones to your website, mm. does it make that story more attractive to you? That's not something I've actually done yet. 
Um, conceptually, I think that would be interesting. Absolutely. I think that one of the great things about reporting online is that you are able to link to other, other sources as example. Just as in print, you had a photo to go along with the story that, that helped enhance the understanding and, and the news value of the story. I think you've got a broad uh, variety of things that are now at your disposal when you're reporting online, whether it's linking to you know, a company's homepage for more information, linking to a past article that you've written on the same subject to give more context, or, or if there is more multimedia uh, uh, you know, video sounds, any of those things I think would be would be absolutely something that I would want to include into a story if I was if I was publishing you know purely online, and if it, I think where we might be leading is if those are assets that would be best made available to me from you know the marketing and the PR folks that are that are pitching these stories. Absolutely, um, any kind of media that that's available that is associated with the story, whether it's the only thing I don't want is a logo. I don't care about the company's logo. I'm not going to print that in the paper. But, you know, photos of the executives that are quoted in the release, uh, you know, photos of the device or the whatever it might be that we're talking about. Screenshots, I'm a little bit iffy on myself. But yeah, any kind of multimedia um, associated uh, content that can go along that is, that's relevant to the news that we're talking about is always helpful if I actually need it. I mean, sometimes I may not have the ability to do so, but it's nice to have it there. And many times I'll keep it and I'll hang on to it and I'll use it down the line for something else if I couldn't use it this first time around. So, you know, always, it can't hurt to have that available. So now for a number of companies, a story in the billboard is a home run. Mm-hmm. It's seen as a very influential publication in the music and recording industry. So my question for you is, what are your influencers? What media or blogs or podcasts hmm. do you pay attention to to monitor your beat? That's interesting. Um, I would say, as, as I just try to keep up on exactly what's going on that's out there. Uh, in, in the traditional media area, I'm a big fan of Wired Magazine, Business Week Magazines. Both are, both are uh, uh, publications that I read regularly. Um, traditional print, you know, the LA Times, New York Times, uh, Wall Street Journal, they're at once both a, a source of information and also in many cases a competitor depending on the news and what I'm trying to break versus what they're trying to break. Um, blog wise, <coughs> I'll be honest, a lot of the names of the blogs I don't always remember, but um, uh, paidcontent.org, mobile, Moco News, uh, Fierce Mobile Content and the Fierce Wireless uh, Newsletters, um, Jeez, oh, Engadget was is one. I do a lot of uh, new media, new uh, device kind of quirky stories, and so it's nice to kind of keep up on that. Gizmodo or Gizmodo, I forget how it, what it's called, is another one. Jeez, um, I got a list of. I've got like a, a favorites file now, and I've just been kind of like clicking them, so I don't always remember all their names. I also have a. a I use a, um, a feed demon, uh, so it's, a, it's very much aggregated, and so I don't always know from what sorts it's coming I'm always adding to it to keep it as broad as possible so a lot of the other names I don't know because it's just I'm looking at at what the headlines and the paragraphs are not necessarily always the source so those are the ones that are top of my mind though so now your news cycle is weekly right. uh, Billboard comes out on Fridays I believe well the magazine yeah right so how does how has the growth of blogs and personal publishing and what's being described as citizen journalism mm-hmm. impacted the choice of what you decide to cover that's a good question. I think that it, it. I try not to let it this make make any kind of impact on what I decide to cover. Uh, there are times where there may have been some news item or or, or rumor printed printed in a blog somewhere where where uh, others in the publication have wanted us to follow up on. And I, there's been times where I've argued against it, saying there's you know there's no basis for this right now. I don't I don't just because some blog post doesn't mean I got to start running around and everything with a blog post. I'd never get anything done. It's a different news cycle. It's a different. It's a different audience, and so you get a filter. The filters remain regardless of who else might be out there publishing things. Um, it, it, I, th- I would say it's impacted more when we 
put news up as opposed to what news we put up. Um, it's definitely impacted how we approach our own websites. There's been a, already a complete revamping of Billboard.com, which is the consumer-facing Billboard site. And we're very close to relaunching our Billboard.biz industry news uh, website to be able to contain more information. I would say partially as a result of the fact that there are other sources out there online where people can get their information. Anthony Bruno, thanks so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. 